Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Welcome back. We're in a series called Love Out Loud. The purpose of this series is to examine what Scripture tells us about how believers are to relate to and treat one another as the church, which is the family of God. Fifty-nine times in Scripture, we're told to either treat or avoid treating one another in a very specific way. Specifically, we're looking at the texts in Scripture that are commonly referred to as the one another passages. And I have a friend that told me that when he was a kid, he and his buddy started a neighborhood club. It's a great story. He said it was a secret club that met in the treehouse that his granddad had built for him in his backyard. And that treehouse was the perfect place for this bunch of young bucks to unwind after a stressful day of having to sit still and quiet in a boring school classroom. And to be part of this club, there were a few requirements that they had to meet. First, you had to attend weekly meetings where They discussed very important matters like what snacks to buy. Was the best way to unwind with Mountain Dew and Cheetos or Big Red and Pop Rocks? Second, they had to pay 50 cent dues. He said they could usually borrow a few snacks from the family pantry, but the really good stuff like jerky snuff and candy cigarettes needed financing. And finally, they had to abide by the club rules. They only had two rules, though. The first rule was what happens in the treehouse stays in the treehouse. Apparently, they were Vegas before Vegas came up with that slogan. The second rule was no girls allowed, which made their version of Vegas pretty boring. But he remembers it as a great time of life. You know, when you look back and you think about every club or organization that you've been a part of, haven't they pretty much been the same expectations? To be a member in good standing, you had to show up, pay up, no one to shut up, and obey the rules. What about when it comes to church? For some of you, that's been a similar set of expectation. Show up, pay up, shut up, and obey the rules. But is there more to being a member of the family of believers? Does being a part of the body of Jesus look a lot different? That's what we're going to talk about today as we continue our series, Love Out Loud. In week one, we talked about the one another that sums up all the others. That is the command to, say it with me, love one another. Just three words, love one another. The challenge for week one was to pray and memorize and to live up to 1 Thessalonians 3.12. Let's say this together. It'll be on the screen. May the Lord make our love increase and overflow for each other and everyone else. All right, week two, we focused on encouraging one another. The challenge for the week was just to take a person in need of encouragement, take them out for a cup of coffee, spend a little bit of time, Raise your hand virtually out there if you followed through on that challenge. Great. Thank you. I wrote this, so I did it too. Praise God for the good work that he's able to do through us. The one another we're going to focus on today is mentioned in Romans chapter 12 and verse 5. And in this text, Paul tells us that whenever we were added to the church, we became members of one another. And I want you to listen to the words of Paul and how he describes it in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Five, He said, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. See, our connection to one another, whether we feel it 
or not is comparable to the way different parts of the body are connected to one another. Now don't just brush this off as a cute metaphor. Paul is speaking in a literal sense. We are literally members of the same body. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of the body of Christ. If you flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he goes into a little more detail. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 through 14, he writes, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether it's Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, this is a jaw-dropping truth right here. Through baptism, we have been knit together to form the body of Christ. So familiar is this teaching that I'm afraid we've lost a sense of awe and wonder that, that I think this deserves. Right now, Jesus is at the right hand of God in the unseen heavenly realm, but through the church, Jesus continues to be present in the world. We don't simply represent Jesus, we are his body, and aren't our bodies important? Through the body, God expresses himself just as we express ourselves through our body. We speak and we serve and we show love, how? Through our body. There are some really important truths that we need to keep in mind about this body that we are members of first. There is only one head. <laughs> this is really important. And you're not it. Neither am I. Jesus is the head. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Great verse. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. We may have different roles in the body of Christ, but our primary responsibility is the same. We are to do whatever the head, Jesus, desires for us to do. That sounds simple enough, but too often we're just more invested in what we want to do, what we want the church to be. Does it ever go well when another part of your body decides to play the part of the head, when your head tells you to push yourself away from the table, but your stomach decides to override that decision, how well does that usually turn out for you? Hmm? It's great in the moment as you're woofing down that pizza like it's your last meal, but two hours later, when it feels like the heartburn is going to kill you, you wouldn't have let your stomach call the shots, right? Only the head knows what is best for the body. And what is true of the physical body is especially true for the spiritual body. For us to know what Jesus wants his body or the church to be all about, we have to look at how he spent his life when he was physically present in the world. For this reason, we must spend regular time in the Gospels just by reading and listening to the teaching of Jesus and seeing how he interacted with people. We get a clearer picture of his desire for the church. See, when Jesus launched his ministry, he made a statement that captures what we should be all about as the body of Christ because it was... He said what he was all about. It's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is when Jesus is in the temple. He stands up, picks up the scroll, and as he unrolls it, the scroll of Isaiah, he goes to verse 18, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, when speaking of the final judgment that is to come, Jesus speaks very plainly about the types of work he desires for his body, the church, us, to be actively involved in. Flip over to Matthew chapter 25, and this is where Jesus talks to us about what he will look at whenever he returns. Matthew chapter 25, beginning with verse 34, Jesus said, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For when I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, listen, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. These two passages alone reveal that we are to be all about proclaiming the good news of Jesus and his kingdom through good words and good works. This is what we must be about. It's what living on mission is all about. Whenever you're clear about who God called you to reach with the gospel, then get busy serving them. So whether it's handing out groceries to our neighbors or teaching how to use Bible, hosting a microchurch, this is the type of work that the body of Christ is called to do. And you are called to be an active part of that work. Each member has an important role to play. And Satan is going to try to convince you otherwise. He'll tell you that your participation is not at all that necessary, but it absolutely is. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if the whole body were an eye. Let's just jump over there to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. See, we have each been given and created and gifted by God to play a part in the body. And we must play that part. Listen to the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice, he doesn't say as some parts do the work or as the less busy parts do the work or as the paid parts do the work or as the young parts do the work or as the retired parts do the work. He says, as each part does their work. That includes everybody. Unfortunately, many people are not playing their part. Now, some studies indicate that only 10% of members of the church worldwide are involved in any type of ministry in the average church, and that, that would include microchurch. Do you realize what that means? It means that far too many churches are made up of, that'd be 90% body fat, 
people who just hang around expecting the rest of the body to carry them along. Now, let me ask you a question. How much would you be able to accomplish if your physical body was 90% body fat? Not a whole lot, right? Kind of removes the mystery as to why a church may not be having much of an impact on the world, right? Now, I'm very thankful that in the macro church, our percentage of living on mission is much higher than 10%. But we can become more lean and mean whenever there's still some fat to trim. What is the best way? What's the very best way when we need to trim fat? Liposuction, right? <laughs> Just suck it out and get rid of it. Okay, but we're not going to do that. We don't want to get rid of anyone. We believe it is much better for the body to turn fat into muscle. That's our desire. Best way to do that is through hard work. We need everybody, includes you and me, to get to work if you're not involved in ministry. Nobody gets to be the head. That job's already taken by our boss. And nobody gets to be the fat. Not forever anyway. Oh, just as a side note, nobody also gets to be the appendix. You know what I mean? What does the appendix do? Nothing really. However, it's been known to erupt and poison the rest of the body on occasion. A microchurch doesn't need an appendix. But too many spiritual bodies often have even more than one appendix. It's people who contribute little but complain lots, don't need it. And I say that full of love and grace. And maybe you're thinking, I get it, but I'm not really sure what I can do. What part am I meant to play? And some of you might not might be a little frustrated. You might be thinking, I'm sick and tired of being told that I ought to be involved, but just not telling me how to do it. That's totally fair. There are ways to figure out how God has gifted you to serve, and I would be happy to do some gift assessment type of work with you. Just, just hit me up, email me. But oftentimes, the best thing to do is simply ask, well, what needs to be done? And then go do it. Nike's slogan was in, the action, in action in the early church, just do it. You don't need a multi-year plan, a 10-year budget, five planning meeting session just to say, well, should I take a welcome packet to a new neighbor? Should I uh, take some chocolate cookies next door to introduce myself? Just do it. Be an ambassador for Christ in, in your world. See, living on mission means that you ask, to whom has God called me to reach for Christ? Maybe it's a specific group of people. or Maybe it's a specific place such as your neighborhood or workplace, people or place. What good needs to be done in my neighborhood? What good needs to be done in my workplace? You see, we wanna focus this year on building teams that live on mission. There's so much good already going on, but we can have so much more impact if we have more people involved and well-placed. Finally, please remember our actions impact one another. In the same way the legs can't go for a run without impacting the lungs, each decision I make with my time, money, behavior has an impact on the rest of the body of Christ. Let me ask you something. Have you ever injured a part of your body and then to compensate, you begin to overuse another part of your body? Doesn't turn out real, right? For example, let's say you injure your shoulder and you begin to compensate so you don't use that particular shoulder and you start using maybe your back and your forearms a little bit more. And sometimes what happens is that over time, those muscles being overly taxed get injured as well. See, that's the perfect picture of the church. If there's too few body parts working, 
then others get overtaxed. The church needs all of us. You were created to be a part of the body, to be engaged and active. So be clear about your mission. Pray every day about your mission. Live on mission. Invite others to join you on mission, but never lose focus of your mission. It's very important. Losing focus will get you off track or worse. Ask God to provide all that is needed, including boldness. Each of us must play our part. The movie American Underdog opened in theaters on Christmas of 2021. It's well worth your time to go see it. Great movie. The movie tracks Kurt Warner's path from working at a supermarket to being inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. It's an amazing story. After being cut by the Green Bay Packers, Warner worked at a high V supermarket in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Reflecting on those days of trying to make ends meet, Warner said, what I realize is most people have their supermarket moment when they, whenever they say, why am I here? And how do I get out of here? Well, the Super Bowl MVP said, as I say in the movie, sometimes you got to do what you got to do while you're waiting to do what you're born to do. Adversity often does spawn those supermarket moments where we find clarity of purpose and needed resilience to face the challenges. Often, whenever we're following God, he'll place us in new situations, unfamiliar. And the first feeling is that feeling that you have right after having a cash removed from your arm. At first, it feels weird. It seems like it isn't ever going to work that great again. But as you continue to use that arm over time, it regains its strength and function. Bottom line is this, stay active in the body of Christ, wherever you are. Read your Bible every day because that'll fuel your faith. Pray constantly that the Lord will work through you to change lives. God has you right where he needs you most at the exact moment in time he needs you there. That's why I'm here. It's why you're there. So do the work that's in front of you. Don't complicate it. Live at the radical center of God's will. Live on mission. Finish your mission. Love God most every day. Show God's love to others always. And stay connected to Jesus Christ and you'll bear much fruit to the glory of God. We are knit together as the body of Christ. Every act, great or small, will draw people closer or push them further away from the God who loved them enough to die for them Whatever is our part in the body of Christ, let's play it, play it well this week. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you. Because as I look at each microchurch and I consider the work that you are doing, I am amazed. Because, Father, you are still knitting together. You're putting together the body of Christ and using the body of Christ to be your presence right here where we live. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.